Alrighty, hey everybody, we're back at it again. This is David, I'm here with... Hey, this is Andrea. And welcome to the Text Lab. This is where we do a deep dive into the text. Our hope is to help you grow as life group leaders and as disciples of Jesus this week, as people who make disciples who make disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or just trying to do some deep dive on your own, we hope this really prepares you to have meaningful conversations with God, with others about what he has said to us in his word. This week, we are going to be in John 6, so let's get into it. Awesome. Here we go. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted, by, granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. All right, that's John 6, 59 through 71. Yes. A lot here, a loaded passage. Um, we're, we're kind of definitely in the heart of the book of John at this point, kind of what do you even think about when you think as we approach this text, where do we start? Yeah, like there's just so much going on mm. here, right? So mm -hmm. I think we always kind of try to start with like an exegetical tool. I think we start tool. with that phrase every single podcast. Yeah, exactly. There's just so much going on here. Yeah, there's so much going on in the Bible in general. Yes. Um, but yes, let's jump in with like our normal exegetical tool. What's something that's important to know when we're reading? So I really think it's important to know your context. Mm -hmm. Like we, um, when they were learning about these things in scripture and in like the actual real time, they yeah. never said, hey, we're going to sit down and read the book of John from right. this verse to this verse. So if you don't know what Jesus is talking about when he says, this is a hard saying, like you don't, if you don't have the context of the story beforehand where he's basically saying, I'm the bread of life, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you wouldn't know why the saying is hard or um, what they were talking about. So reading your verses in context really yep. matters. Yep, that's huge. That's huge. And so let's talk a little bit. What has happened in their town bringing them up to this point? You've had Jesus who has just fed the 5,000. Uh, a little bit before this, he kind of mysteriously withdraws and disappears and they kind of lose track of him. Um, we know that during that time, Jesus walks on water, appears to his disciples, they're frightened, they're freaked out, but they see Jesus walking on the water, and then the crowd finds him again. Exactly. They're after him. They want him to be the king. They've mm -hmm. had their fill of food, and people have been being healed, and so they're really hot on his heels. Yep. And now Jesus kind of comes, and he gives them this explanation of really who he is. He says that he is the bread of life. That's where we just were last week. He said, I am the bread of life. Basically, he said, eat me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eat my flesh, <laughs> drink my blood, um, eat me, and now... 
they're not super happy to hear that message from Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And in like their context, he's calling himself their their sacrifice. Mm. And it just is blowing their mind. It's not what they're used to. Yes, yes. And so you immediately see them start to grumble at what Jesus says. We're in verse 60 there where they say, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it. Um, and it says that the, they began grumbling about this. This is a theme that goes back to um, the Exodus story. Egypt, again, we saw grumbling last week as well. Here they continue to grumble. John's making an intentional point there, the repetition of they are grumbling. They're not accepting what God is telling them. Same way the people of Israel grumbled when God gave them manna. They wanted to go back into Egypt, back into slavery. John's making a point here by pointing out their grumbling. They're not understanding fully what God um, is doing here or what he is saying here, or maybe they are and they don't want to accept it. Yeah, absolutely. How do we see Jesus respond to that right he asked this weird question like Mm. oh hey do you take offense at this Mm. which you know i guess that's not super weird question but then the answer he gives seems really bizarre when he says so what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before and it just seems like this odd like would they also be offended that he was ascending yep and I think maybe what's going on here is that he's like, what are you going to do when I prove it to Mm. you? Like when I show you that that this actually is who I am, how are you going to respond? Yeah. How are you going to respond then? Yeah. Um, Are you sure? It's almost like, are you sure you want to grumble about this? Mm. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. He's really questioning like what's happening in your heart here in this moment, which Jesus is always doing. He's getting to the heart of the issue. It kind of rem- reminds me of when Jesus responded to Nathaniel in John 1, 51. He says, Nathaniel, you will see greater things than these. You'll see angels of God ascending and descending. And Jesus is kind of saying that same thing. Like, so if you're offended at this, this is just a piece of something so much bigger. Something so much bigger is going on. And I think Jesus is talking about uh, his introduction of the new covenant. And what are you going to do when you see the crucifixion and the resurrection? If you are not believing in me now, will you believe in me then? When you see greater things, when I more fully reveal my identity that I am Lord, that I am who I am, that Jesus is Lord. And so from this point on, many of the disciples no longer follow Christ. They're like, you're not here to feed us. You're not here to heal us or give us signs. And we're out. We really wanted you, Jesus, to be a king. We really wanted you to bring a revolution. And you're not doing those things. And a lot of them decide to no longer follow Jesus. Yeah. If you're not here to make us comfortable, Mm. then we're kind of out. We're not into the spiritual need. Yeah. We're really into what can you do for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting they say here that this is a hard teaching because you know, in, in, in some sense, they're just really pointing out something that's really, really true about Absolutely. Jesus and the message that, that he brings. What do you think they kind of were even saying when they're saying this is a hard teaching? What do you think what, what was behind that? I think, well, I mean, when I put, bring it into our context and I'm yeah. thinking about if we were to come to church on Sunday and Pastor Drew were to be like, hey, you want to get on board? Mm. I've got my thumb here for you and we're just going to pump a little blood out. Yeah. We'd, we'd all be like, check, <laughs> check please. <laughs> like, what? What's we, going on? Can we get directions to the church down the street? Like, I, yeah. I really think that it's just this interesting um, teaching. And, mm. and yet the people really were looking for more of this like simple understanding. They weren't yeah. ready to wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, they wanted that fast food mentality, right? right? That Chick-fil-A right. 60 seconds later, yeah. I can really understand it. And this was farther than they were prepared to mm. go. Which 
you know, it's so easy for us to kind of bag on the Jews, like, oh, come on, guys, like, it's Jesus, you didn't accept him. But I think really, like, John is pointing out that, like, this is how we respond often to yeah. God. And, and he's kind of showing these different ways people respond. And I think as we read the text, it's important that we read ourselves into the story of, like, some of the crowd deserts Jesus, some of the disciples desert Jesus, and gosh— we know that all the disciples eventually will desert Jesus. Garden of Gethsemane, there's Peter denying Christ. There's nobody that's exempt from that. And even I know in my own heart, as I desert Christ, and so yeah. in ways and in my own sin and my own rebellion against God, because as a wrestling with this is a hard teaching to understand and a hard teaching to accept. I think there's important that we kind of ask our own heart question there of when does that happen in my own life? I often want Jesus just to give me Chick-fil-A at the drive-thru. That's kind of this easy to get, easy access, easy yeah. to understand. Jesus, just give me a tweet. Then that's all I want. And God really invites us into more than that. Something he reveals deeper. his truth clearly. But Jesus says those who seek will find him. You you have to seek after truth in order to understand it fully. And Jesus is inviting people to seek, inviting people to understand. But he's not going to spoon feed it to people. And so you really see the Jews wrestling with that understanding it sometimes they're wrestling with like wait this doesn't make sense jesus where did you come from we know mary and your brothers and joseph um this is hard to understand how will this man give us his flesh to eat which is what they said last week yeah. and so they're wrestling with kind of understanding this truth um but then i think that there's also a point where there are those that are getting it um but the question now is will they accept it right will, will they, they accept? accept that jesus is the messiah yeah, all those dis different spectrums of like mm. where people are in their journey. I think it gives us a lot of maybe comfort, like yeah. to know it's not uncommon for people to be like, I'm not sure I understand, and then really encourage us to just keep seeking after whatever it is that God is teaching us, even if we can't see fully mm -hmm. what has been revealed. And I think there's a lot of unmet expectations going on here. Um, they really had in their mind so firmly that there was going to be a messiah that looked like king david yeah absolutely it was going to be this monarchical kingdom that he was going to come he was going to overthrow yep. rome all the history of israel had been this history of kind of insurrectionists and throwing over the government and then even following jesus there will be even more of that these rebellions that happen against rome and and you you see they expected jesus so clearly to be this political king this yeah. political ruler and that's just not what Jesus is doing. Um, so I think there's a really good question in that of how do we respond when we do not understand what God is saying or what he's doing? Yeah. That's a great question just to discuss in your groups this week. How do we respond when we do not understand what God is saying or what he is doing? Yeah, or what do we do when Jesus doesn't meet our expectations, yeah. right? When yeah. you thought it was going to be one way, you were mm. sure, mm -hmm. and and it it didn't show up like that. What yep. do we leave? Do we mm -hmm. continue to seek or trust and follow him? Yep. Do we grumble a little bit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I think just to be encouraged in whatever your response is, like the human response, God can handle that. Right. And if you keep seeking after him, yep. God's infinitely more faithful than mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. And and I think there's a real challenge to us there that Jesus isn't going to meet our expectations in the way that we want him to. Uh, he's going to invite us into his kingdom, not our own kingdom, his path, not our own path that we want. It's actually this invitation into death, a cross, a way of a cross. And I think you even see some foreshadowing of the cross here as disciples desert him. Um, that's the path that Jesus walks in. In some sense, that's the path also that Jesus is inviting us to, to pick up our cross and follow him. Um, but not everybody deserts him. 
No, not everybody. The 12 stay with him. And Mm. I think it's really interesting here, this idea like Jesus almost modeling the way of the cross. He could Mm. have chosen any number of things to say. Yeah. And he picked the one that people were going to be like, whoa, hold on a minute. He doesn't shy away from it. (laughs) Yeah. He, I mean, he really draws a line like, are you in or are you not? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think we see this almost as a turning point to like, I'm headed to the cross Mm. and these 12, Mm -hmm. even though one among them is going to be going to betray him, these 12 are with him. Right. I think it's amazing there that he even gives them though, the opportunity to leave. He says to to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Do you want to leave as well? This is, this is the A team. This is down to the final 12. There's, you know, a lot of people think this maybe is like the 70 that had deserted Jesus at this point or larger just crowds because John uses the language. These were disciples who were yes. grumbling and they, it says at this point, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And so there was this bigger crowd, a bigger group of disciples that no longer followed Jesus, but the 12 stays with Christ. But he gives them the opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's something in there where Jesus is going to give everybody a choice about what whether they're going to follow him or not. And that's a choice every single person, has, whoever has lived, has to wrestle with this. Who is Jesus? And how am I responding to him as either Lord um, or not in my life? And Jesus even gives the 12 the opportunity to turn away at this point. But, but Peter answers and says, Jesus, where shall we go? Um, you have the words of eternal life. And, and continues to follow Christ. Application from this section, Andrea, like what really just kind of stands out to you? This is a little bit more of a pastoral um, piece of scripture, even as you and leading in your groups, there's there's a little bit less uh, movement in the narrative at this point. Jesus mm-hmm. isn't walking on water or performing a healing at a pool or breaking of uh, bread into feeding 5,000 people. But so, so this is kind of getting to the heart of how do we respond to Christ? What stands out to you? Yeah. You know, I think there were a couple things for me. One is how do I respond to Jesus when mm-hmm. I don't understand what he's doing in my yeah. life? Um, yeah. And just to really continually bring it back to the faithfulness of God is m- bigger than my faithfulness. So whether mm. I'm wrestling or not, God holds me faithfully in his hands yeah. and he can handle my questions. So it's good to ask them. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there's an invitation to keep seeking. Yeah. To keep, keep seeking after and just to know that God's God's ways are bigger than mm. I'm able to understand. Mm. But I think also as I'm reading like about the crowd and about these people who left and about all of the different responses, it kind of teaches me about how I interact with other people mm. and their responses to mm. Jesus. It doesn't like their responses didn't change who he was. And so yeah. it it just helps me to recognize like how I can respond to the people around me yeah. in love and grace and knowing that God is who he says yeah. he is, and I can let go of, yep. yeah. of just that sense of needing to judge or, or whatever it might be. Yep. That's so good. That's so good. I think for me, I you see that Jesus' kingdom is different than our kingdom, and I think that's mm-hmm. the invitation every single day. Um, and in verse 63, where, where Jesus says it's the spirit who gives life, um, we're sitting here recording, watching the rain fall on the hills and thinking yeah. of just even the way the rain revitalizes these hills and the grass and the trees and nourishes the earth where it's like the spirit gives life. Yeah. And we're in this series, the good life, the abundant life. And every day Jesus is going to invite me into true life that's found only in him, in his spirit. And the question is, is I'm going, am I going to pursue the true, good, abundant life that Jesus offers me no matter what circumstance I'm in, no matter what situation I'm in? 
Or am I going to try and build my own kingdom today? Yeah. And have things my own way and have life on my own terms. There's an invitation into some death there to, to die to uh, the th- way I want things, to trust in Jesus, to be faithful, to follow him, what he wants, what he's inviting me into. Um, and, I, and that just stands out to me here where, no, Jesus is living in the reality of God's kingdom. And he's going to invite me into that. But really the choice is, in some sense, whether I'm going to surrender and say, Jesus, your way today rather than my way yeah. um, and let go of my desire to maintain control. So, and as a recovering people pleaser, I love <laughs> that Jesus is just like, you know what? I'm about what God is calling me into. I'm about what God has for me and the way that his spirit is leading me and the way of the kingdom, the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and Jesus invites us into that, but he doesn't force anybody into that. Yeah. And so that's a, that, I love how Jesus models that to just live and walk in the way that Jesus has for us um, every single day. And you don't have to worry about kind of anything or everything else apart from that. Yeah, totally. That's so good. That's so good. Everyone, thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Our promise to you is that we are going to do our very best to make this time valuable for you, the leader. If this helped you in any way, let us know. So really, whether you're at the gym, mowing the lawn, hanging out in the rain, driving, whatever you're doing while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. Let the Spirit lead you and know that you are the one who is sent this week into your group, your family, your Pray Watch communities, wherever God invites you. Be the living proof of our loving God. We love you guys. We'll catch you next time on The Text Lab. Bye, everyone.